Welcome back to another episode of Cherishing Scriptures Podcast. I'm here today with Pastor Bailey, Jesse Hudson, Nathan Waters, and Don Venable. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Good. Yeah. Fantastic. We're back to talking about the New, Test- New Testament Baptist Confession. I'll get it right one of these days. But I just want to say, Lord is blessed again. Just became another outlet. So now we are in a total of nine different places you can listen to this podcast. So it's really awesome. Well, we started in March, back in March. So we've got, we've got Podbean, of course, YouTube. YouTube. We've got got um, Google, we've got Apple, Spotify. Spotify, and a couple other little other not so known podcast sites, but but still, it's available. But it's available. It's yeah, great. It's out there. Praise the Lord for that, yeah. man. I mean, not even a year into doing this, and God's already touched and blessed, and glad to see Him work. Today we're we're still on the same paragraph, paragraph ten. We talked about independent last time. Now we're going to talk about fundamentals. Is there a true definition for fundamentals? Yeah, I mean, you guys can chime in on this as well. But you know, my thing, you know, from the paragraph that we read last time, a new version of independent fundamental Baptists masquerading as old time religion. And that's the thing we've been talking about some during some of our break times here is that, you know, our forefathers, Dr. Seitler, Mays Jackson, Billy Kelly, and not just the guys over on the East Coast, you know, we had uh, we had some wonderful, wonderful men that were up in Michigan, Pontiac, Michigan, you know, Dr. Tom Malone, just tremendous, tremendous and wonderful men of God. They were what I would classify as the forefathers, at least mine anyway, the forefathers of independent fundamental Baptist, old-time religion, the old camp meeting spirit. Uh, but those times have been hijacked today by some guys that are masquerading as that, but they're in no way, they don't even compare. They're not even in the same neighborhood as Dr. Seitler and some of these other champions of the faith. So what we began talking about was true independence last time and now true fundamentalism. Baptists, a lot of independent fundamental Baptists are neither independent nor fundamental. That's the phraseology that we're working off of in the confession here. So fundamental for me is what I call the drivetrain of the gospel. Vicarious death of Christ, the virgin birth, the resurrection, sinless life. Blood atonement, yes. The blood atonement. For me, a fundamental is still the King James Version. You know, this is another one of those accusations that's been kind of thrown at us that didn't stick, is that uh, we're diverting from the King James Version of the Bible. All five of us sitting here, we are King James only men. There's no question. And our church is a King James only church. We do not have any Sunday school literature or signage or anything in our church that's not King James. Those are fundamentals for me. However, with independent fundamental Baptists, those have been skewed. It's become, uh, it's it's not, uh, you know, if you're a, fun- a fundamental Baptist, you don't go to the movies. Your women don't wear pants. You're really light with the cosmetics stuff like that no playing cards so on and so forth and you got those one pastors that read from a verse from the king james and then close it don't ever visit that passage again and it's just <laughs> it's not even a subject that they're so yeah, the, the scriptures doesn't line up with what There's they're nothing talking about gets me more upset than that yeah. man read one verse close the bible and then preach on something totally different the whole time yeah. hmm. Yeah, John three sixteen. Read the verse and they say, and your women ought not to be wearing pants. Yeah. I'll be not to go to the movie theater. Right. And all these extras to it. Yeah. Extra biblical? Definitely. Yeah. It sounds humorous, really, but it's really dangerous. It's right. another gospel. It is extra biblical. So those are my list of fundamentals. You know, and Brother Don, you're back with us again, Brother Don Venable. You and I have had this conversation on numerous occasions about, you know, the changes that have been made and, uh, and how, you know, a complete stranger can walk into the church. We were talking about this a little bit during the break. A complete stranger can walk into the church. You've dealt with these people time and again, Brother Don. What should we expect from a complete stranger who walks in? Pretty much nothing. Right. Uh, we should love them no matter who they are. 
no matter what color their skin is, where they came from, doesn't matter what their background is, if they're homeless, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, our position in the church is to love them the best that we can, embrace them, give them the gospel, and show them that we're different than what the world has. Yeah. So, so this guy comes in. Let me create a scenario. Okay. This guy comes in, smells like smoke. He's got, um, maybe he's got sores all over his body from meth. He's in short pants, a tank top t-shirt. He's covered in tattoos. He's got piercings. Comes in, sits down on the back row with you and your family. How do you respond? Normally, for me, uh, since I've dealt with the homeless on the streets and pretty much seen about every scenario that you can imagine, even people like that. Even worse than that. Even 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 a lot worse than that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about prostitution, schizophrenia. I mean, I've dealt with all kinds of people. Talked with them, prayed with them, prayed for them, fed them, loved them. We even gave them the shoes and their clothes off of our back if they didn't have it on the streets. If they sat down beside us on the back row with me and my family or whatever, I wouldn't move. Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, God's placed that love in my heart when He saved me to care for one another. Yeah, that love. My, my yeah, brethren. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, I may not have been a meth head and crackhead and covered in tattoos and earrings and piercings before I got saved, but lost is lost. Right. I mean, yep. the, the definition of somebody that's unsaved is somebody that's not accepted Christ. I was in that same boat. You can be perfect and think that you do everything wrong. Not not a smoker, not a cusser, not a drinker. Treat my family good, but still be lost. Still be lost. Mm-hmm. In God's eyes, you're the same as that meth head. You're the That's same exactly as that right. drunk. Your, your position and where you're headed to is, is the same place. Which goes yeah. back to one of our podcasts from, what, maybe a year ago, possibly, about uh, not being a respected person is James, chapter yeah. 2. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't if, if you look at it uh, doctrinally, what you're saying, Brother Don, Romans says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. And what does a dead person do? Nothing. Nothing. They come to church. They're visibly lost. They can't help it. They're going to do what's natural to them. Until they're yeah. quickened, until they're made alive. And yeah. I heard right. I heard this illustration. Uh, you know, let's let's take a sin, for instance, and we'll relate it to vomit. You're going to have to tell the dog in the house. Um, my parents' dogs, their, his name was Sadie. He had to say, Sadie, don't go look up that vomit because you know it's in their nature. But for a child, you don't have to tell a child to not go look up a vomit. There's a natural instinct in them that tells them that's nasty. I'm not going to go touch that. There's two different natures at stake here. To, uh, I guess, go back and revisit James. James says pure religion is what? It's visiting. It's an outreach. The fatherless, the widows, those that are needy. Which basically means those who can't give anything back. They cannot That's give anything right. back. And then uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse, uh, I believe verse 4 says that, um, he said, we have, this is the end of the commandment, that we show charity out of a pure heart. If this is true fundamentals, if it's the true fundamentals, if it's the basics of the scriptures, Jesus summed it up in two. He said, you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love others as yourself. It is born out in love and not criticism and not in a sense of rules in which people have to live up to. But it, it is it should be love. It should be consideration. <clears throat> we we hope that those that are listening understand that we welcome people who are hurting. We welcome people who are in need because this is not a, a museum for Christians to put themselves on the pedestal. This is a hospital. And we the expect, gospel is the medicine. Yeah. And we expect change. We just don't think it's all going to happen in that one service. We understand. That's right. We're wanting to come back and come back and come back over and over again so that we can, you know, we can see the power of the sanctify the sanctifying power of the word and the Holy Spirit in their life. However, on the other side of the coin here, independent fundamental Baptists traditionally 
Uh, and I'm talking about those that reach back into the, you know, maybe the 80s and the 90s and so on and so forth. And then many of them, even that still exist today, have the frame of mind that if this sinner comes into our assembly and maybe it's this man with this earring, that issue has to be confronted today. That issue has to be dealt with today, either privately or in some cases publicly. The only problem is with that is it's it's not biblical. That's the downfall to it, and you're it's only, the opposite of patience. You're only right? you're only hurting someone. Yeah. You're not being that long-suffering type part as Christ was with all of us. Yeah. It's just a it's a it's a big issue even today. The pastor cannot change that person. They might get a little bit of change, but eventually it's going to fizzle its way out, and it's not it's not going to have any lasting effect. I think that the problem with independent fundamental Baptist now is is that we all we forget that we're we're all still sinners. You know, we attack that guy who's just like who wears the earring, but he, we're no different. I mean, just like Brother Don said, we we're no different than he is or she is. We're all sinners still. A lot of them don't realize that, you know, all of us can relate to the same thing as we were lost, not saved. When we went to church for the first time, we didn't get it all in one service. Absolutely. We probably heard some things that we probably shouldn't needed to hear. Hmm. Yeah. You know, but once we trusted Christ as our Savior, we began to grow. We began to mature. Oh, yeah. You know, we were babes and now we're adults. Yep. And we've learned and we've grown and things change, should have fruit in our life. The same thing with any, any sinner that comes into the church. You know, but it's, it's not so today in a lot of churches. They don't give them the opportunity. They think that once they come in in one service, you're wearing an earring, you're wrong. Like you said, Pastor, it's, it's time to get it straight. Yeah. Uh, you hurt them so bad that they won't come back. Same thing with tattoos and anything they can depict on a person that they feel that's not right, they're going to make sure they tell them. That's just hurting the church. That's hurting the pastor. And it's definitely hurting that lost soul if they're lost. Yeah, and that's exactly that last comment. If they're lost, it's hurting lost souls. That's exactly why I believe in many, many cases the gospel is actually at stake among independent fundamental Baptists because they are so focused on the external and so focused on conforming you to their church's image. That really leads us to the question, and I'm not sure I, I can give you the best answer for this, but that really leads to the question, does Christ get people to the church or does the church get people to Christ? And I think there's kind of a two-way street there. Right. But I think among the mind of independent fundamental Baptists, I think they have really settled in that Christ gets them to the church. In other words, yeah, Jesus can save you, but we're responsible for perfecting you. We're responsible mm-hmm. for sanctifying you. We're responsible for all of these other things. You know, my this particular paragraph that's under examination, you know, last week and this week about truly independent, truly fundamental, truly fundamental church, from my estimation, is a church that exalts Christ that holds up Christ, that preaches Christ, preaches the word of Christ, and trusts that myth. And for that sinner who comes the first time who's never heard the gospel, and maybe they have meth sores all over their body, or maybe they are, you know, like you said, Brother Venable, a, a prostitute or anything, you know, I, I've seen it all. I've seen witches, literally. I've seen people that were disruptive in a service. And if it's overly disruptive, you know, we'll deal with it. But look, if somebody comes and they don't know, you know, we're going to be tolerant of that. We're going to do everything we can to keep them under the sound of the gospel. But for a fundamentalist, the idea is if we let them continue to come in this state, then they are going to contaminate the minds of our husbands, our wives, our young people, or so on and so forth. And uh, and so they see those externals as contagious. Well, Maybe that's, that's the best a, way to right. say it. That's a false premise because if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you cannot be contaminated because you are already it filled. You all truth. Yeah. You're already filled. Can't yeah, be out of the same fountain can't come forth both bitter water and sweet. Exactly Truth right. and Belial, all those things. I agree 100%. They don't look at it as being taught, and everybody has to be taught. 
right and wrong. Doesn't matter if you're saved or you're lost. You, you still have to learn. You still have right. to grow. But you got to give them the opportunity. And I don't believe that some will say, "Well, you know, we're get people to church. You know, let let Christ. Christ wants this church to grow. Then He's just going to bring them in. You know, I, I'm saved and I'm just going to sit. I think we ought to be a witness in our testimony. We ought to bring people in. But there are ministries like, um, you know, that great ministry up in Chicago, the uh, Pacific Garden Mission, that they right. specifically say, you know, we want this homeless, drug addicted people that that need health care, that need all. And they use that as a method to to evangelize these people. You know, they, they I've heard, the, you know, you, you've heard the unshackled testimonies and the unshackled stories, just beautiful, right. beautiful stuff about how, you know, they reach out to these people and say, look, you can get free dental care, free medical care within reason. You come to our mission, but they're giving them the gospel. They're really, really drilling that home and giving them the gospel. You know, the whole the whole attitude that, um, you know, if this interracially married couple comes into our church, that's going to ruin things. Or And that's another problem. You know, something you said a moment ago, Brother, Brother Donald, is uh, I've been in churches that if a black person shows their face in that church, they are immediately made to feel unwelcome. And uh, and wow. then the, the, wor- the even worse scenario for those churches is if, uh, if an interracially married couple comes into that church they're made to feel unwelcome and so you know this is one of the objections that i received was from a pastor who said you know and we're going back to the objection section of the of the website one of the objections i received from a pastor is he said i just can't believe these things that you are saying he said i've never seen these things happen in churches and so i looked at him and said brother you've been sheltered because independent baptist churches far and wide are known for confrontational in your face call it like i see it call a dog a dog type uh preaching and which they, you know, they pretty well peel the hide back and leave you bleeding. But in many cases, that's that's the situation. All the way down to having a dress code on a sign posted at the entrances of the church. If you're not dressed this way, please don't bother. And I heard a message one time preached by some wackadoo about tolerance, saying tolerance is, is a bad thing. There are certain things that you're, you should be intolerant about, such as our fundamentals of the faith, core doctrines of Christianity. But there are some things that, you know, as a believer, you should be tolerant because not everyone's exactly like you. There are things that Pastor and I disagree about. While they're minor, we, there still is a dif- disagreement. Because it doesn't change the it doesn't change the nature of the gospel. Right. So there's liberty there. Right. Galatians chapter five, stand fast on the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. It doesn't change the nature of the gospel. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, there was the, the, the problem with Jesus when there was a need, hey they were hungry, what'd they do on the Sabbath day? They plucked those ears of corn and they ministered to that need to his disciples actually says the disciples were hungry and he's like let's eat yeah let's eat but guess who was along for the ride it was the pharisees the pharisees but jesus rebuked him he said have you not read what david did when he was hungered and they were with him and he entered the house of the lord and he did eat the showbread which was not lawful for them to eat it was clearly written in the scripture not to do that it's clearly written but listen it was a minor issue the needs need to be met you know what god sees and god has mercy of course and into that but understanding that fundamental issues real fundamental issues cannot be thwarted true fundamental scriptures cannot be compromised they must be contended for. Name some of those. It's the, the true fundamentals. We, we start with, for Christ is the centerpiece and he's the gem of the scriptures. The Old Testament looks forward the, and the New Testament all the way to Revelation looks back to the first advent. And we see that it was prophesied over 300 scriptures prophesied of his right. coming and all the things in which he 
fulfill first one that he will be born of a virgin his virgin birth is miraculous there's nothing that can explain what happened there are those that said they found his blood in jeremiah's grotto and they said that it had some attributes of of supernatural possibilities i whether he had some of we have to we have to believe that he was a hundred percent man yeah and we understand that 100% man, yes, we can kind of believe that because we're on this side of reality. But to understand him being 100% God at the same time, who could become invisible and walk through the midst of those that were trying to kill him and, and being able to go 40 days without hungering and to fast and, and to spend time with God in the time of and the amount of uh, temptation, we can't understand that. Yeah. But we believe by faith. It is those. So the virgin birth. We have the virgin birth and we have fundamental. The, we have uh, uh, the next is his miraculous and victorious lifestyle. His life was sinless. It was sinless a sinless life. life. And uh, he, he was able to go without temptation. Uh, he was able to go. There were people that believed that he could have been tempted or he could have sinned. It, it's impossible. Yeah, I agree. He was supernatural. He <laughs> was God in flesh. And John, we understand John was trying to declare that. So his birth, his own birth, birth is sinless life. Sinless life. Um, we have the resurrection. We have the resurrection. Vicarious. Um, Death, death. He died for our sins, and, and and everything that has to do with the blood atonement in that in that fulfillment. Uh, all these things concerning the miraculous and the work of Christ that He did on the cross concerning that. And actually, mm-hmm. the resurrection was the crescendo and the period at the end of the sands where God had said, "I have proved to these people, I have proved to man that this is my Son by raising Him from the dead. He is my Son. He is the Savior. He is the Messiah by raising Him by the power of the Holy Spirit, by His own power." He said, "This is Him," and we cannot, we cannot deny that we cannot we have to come by faith we can't we don't understand it and we still don't understand the trinity we still don't understand the the nuances of all but we believe what the scripture has said and paul said this is the things which i written on you the same gospel i have and i received i want to make sure you have the same gospel it's first corinthians 15 what is that it said that he was buried he, he died for our sins that he was buried and resurrected and it and it said at the end of all those he said all according to the scriptures right and it's not anything extra, and it's not anything that is left out or subverted, subverted, anything less. So, I'm, you know, not lumping all of these, you know, because we have some precious independent fundamental Baptist brothers and sisters that we love and care about and pray for and are, are very willing to open up discussion with these people. <clears throat> but in essence, some of the extreme versions of independent fundamental Baptists, is it not within reason for us to say that they are tampering with the gospel if they're preaching that? A woman should not wear cosmetics, or a woman should not wear a man's pants. Or if they're if they're preaching that you can't go to the movie theater or use playing cards, or if they're preaching that and never preaching on these other things, I mean, just the things that you spoke about there is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And it would take years to fully explain those things mm-hmm. to a congregation and to a church. So if these guys are consistently interrupting these wonderful truths about Christ, so that they can you know get yardage out of these external issues about dress code and things of that nature, do you? guys agree with me i mean isn't this a isn't this taking away from the gospel isn't this endangering the gospel in some way sure you you remember the parable about talent given to the servants and then you know one guy received i believe was five the other received two and 
And the one guy's received one. And the guy with the one talents, he went out and he buried his talent. At the end, he ends up being cast into hellfire, cast into prison. And he's he's not taking what God has given given to him. He did not keep the main thing the main thing. He did not go out with that talent and expand on that talent. He was fearful and he tried to keep that suppressed. The same way uh, many pastors try to suppress their church, scared that they might run out, run out on a tangent. Well, they're not being controlled by the pastor. They should be being controlled by the Holy Spirit and you don't have to worry about that. So they're, they're trying to hide the talent that God has gave them these pastors and they are keeping it in these rules these hypocritical rules that they have conjured up like not going to the movie not wearing pants things like that or or not not wearing pants but wearing pants only things like that it's these things that they have written up and i believe they are guilty of hiding the gospel yeah Hi, uh, what is it, what is the verse that says uh, uh your light is hidden under a bushel oh yeah if the gospel be hidden is in the lost and then like he said in matthew chapter 5 if it's hidden it's under a bushel and we can lose our influence imagine the salt salt's there but we can lose our influence and be Trying to cast on your feet, be trying on the foot of men. But uh, Paul kind of sums it up there in chapter 1, verse 16. And, of course, we understand that. He says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For what is it? It is the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth, the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed, faith to faith. And that is is, is plain and simple. Yeah. There is no power in churches that pre- preach on standards. There is no power under in, under the hands of preachers that uh, emphasize anything. And just less. to clarify, we're talking about churches that preach on standards to the exclusion of preaching on the person of Christ. We're right. not talking about a church that has standards. We're talking about a church that that is the main message of the church. In other words, say eighty percent is standards and twenty percent is the gospel. Right. Yeah. The, this, the, to, to the exclusion of the gospel, they, they, which I think is a uh, is an incredibly incredibly dangerous arrangement because it play, it places an overemphasis on something minor and an underemphasis on something major which I find to be incredibly dangerous yeah anything any half truth is still a lie so if we don't give the full gospel we still give them a lie and, and it's sad I think if more younger adult, young adults got their hands on this new testament this new testament Baptist confession we'd see a lot more here because a lot of young yeah. younger, younger adults are, are away from the church because of all these standards or certain again nothing wrong with certain standards Standards, but when they're over, yeah, um, overemphasized, overemphasized, it just turns away. I have a friend who doesn't want to do anything with the church just because of the standard. Certain standards, well, you have to be this way. You can't go and do this. You don't have any liberty to do this or do this. It just turns them away from yeah. it. It takes the personal nature out of the gospel. Yeah, mm-hmm. to where you're personally able to interact with Christ and interface with His Word, and ultimately, you know, you're, you're exactly right about this younger generation. They're just not going to put up with it. They're just, they're, you know, there's there's too much information out there for them today. For them to just accept blind ignorance. Yeah. They're just not going to do it. Because they want truth. Yes, they do. I believe that. I believe that. They want truth. Yep. And they want truth that has a control in their life, but they don't want their life to be under the control of the suggestion of some denomination. They want it to be grounded in truth. And I think that's noble. We live uh, in a generation, Jeremy, you and I, where we want truth and we want change. I mean, if you go to Barnes & Noble and you you look at the sections that they have, the self-help section, you know, and the historical section, they're huge. Yeah. But people are just being fed fed the wrong source of truth and the wrong source of change. They need Jesus Christ. 
That's yeah. right. Standards yeah. is definitely a big issue in the churches today, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. I mean, it has its place. Sure. Yeah. No I want to clarify that again. It has its place. Right. Sure. I'm not against standards. But when it's over, what I'm against, what a friend of mine called it this. Here's what a friend of mine who is a very wise man, he said this. He said, what I'm against is ultra separatism. Yeah. Meaning that we separate, 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 separate until we're just keeping the salt in the shaker and the salt's never getting out of the shaker. If you go to church with believers, work with believers, if you are at home with believers, if you go to school with believers, when are you ever around lost people? That's a huge question for me. When are you ever letting right. your light shine among the dark and among the the lost? So uh, you know, it's that's in, for me is 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 a a major major problem. Maybe but, their you know, testimony is not that strong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our testimony true. has a lot to do with being around others. Yeah, it does. And what people see, it does. A lot of that in the independent fundamental churches. It's gone away. Yeah. I mean, so we're contending. We're contending in these last two podcasts that the New Testament Baptist Confession is truly independent, and it is truly fundamental. Uh, not all of this peripheral and superficial stuff that uh, these guys are throwing up claiming is independent fundamental, but our confession we are, uh, we are suggesting is truly independent, truly fundamental. And if you want to know more, you can visit the website, yes. New Testament Baptist dot com with an s new testament baptist dot com yes christ centered gospel centered loving people and it's for god's glory in the end and letting the word of god change them amen not us all right i think we can close it by saying if there's any we highly 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 encourage anybody that's listening send us an email let us know your thoughts let us know your questions we'll try to adjust them and try to get your guys's thoughts on this right? absolutely so thanks for listening to another episode of cherishing scriptures podcast